you know, when I'm on my deathbed, I don't think anybody's going to ask whether I had a clean inbox. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future, but rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Josh Anderson of Josh Anderson Estates. John Josh met via Josh's marketing person who was looking for interesting podcasts for him to be interviewed on, and here we are. Originally from Nashville, Josh graduated from the Louisiana State University in international trade and finance. Josh served eight years in the US Army, including a 10-month stint in Bagram, Afghanistan, during Operation Enduring Freedom. These experiences, coupled with the education he received from Louisiana State, have moulded him into a focused, disciplined and a strong-willed individual. Josh can best be described as a man of high energy with a passion for Nashville real estate. He is a business-savvy professional with a strong desire to cater to his clients' particular needs. Client satisfaction is paramount. Josh's market expertise, coupled with his superior negotiating skills, set him apart from the rest. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Josh Anderson of Anderson Real Estate. So welcome, Josh. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. So start by telling us who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. Yeah, so I am a real estate agent in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Been a realtor for 13 years, and I'm originally from Nashville, and I love this this topic, so just um, look forward to talking a little bit more about what, um, you know, some systems and processes and mindset. Yeah, lovely. I'm just reflecting on how I'm having quite a few guests from, from the state, so I'm starting to finally get my head around where the cities fit <laughs> in relation to each other. <laughs> so, gotcha. tell us, so tell us about why you do what you do, because you, you've got quite an interesting background that, that wasn't real estate to begin with. So, so tell us a bit about your, your journey to, to what you do now. Sure. Yeah, so I, um, I, before real estate, I was working at an investment bank. So I graduated in finance and economics and uh, I kind of fell into real estate. But, you know, I, I think why I do what I do, you know, I think the big piece of it is um, you know, for a long time, uh, my, my why has kind of shifted over time. You know, when I first got in the business, it was to make money. Um, and then, you know, my big why was wife or kids or, you know, something along those lines. And um, four or five years ago, somebody said, well, if it can't be wife and kids, you're, if it can't be your family, why do you do what you do? And 
you know, part of it is I'm a very competitive person, but when I really dug into that question, it was, um, I think when I stripped everything back, it was that I want to make the people around me more successful than they could be on their own. So, you know, building a vision that's big enough for them to kind of be inside my world, but also coach them up to a point where they couldn't do those things on their own, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Kind of making, making them better versions of themselves. Yeah. And where did that conversation come from? Because not everyone gets asked that question. <laughs> no, I was actually in a, um, I can't remember exactly what the, what the conference was, but I was in it. I was at a conference. Uh, well, it was a small, it was a class and it was really on um, systems and organization. And one of the questions that kept, I kept kind of avoiding was what is your big why? And yeah. The reason I um, I had been in this class multiple times over the years, and it was just one of those things that I kind of got up and took a bathroom break or whatever during this exercise because it was kind of like, eh, I'll figure it out later, or I really didn't have an answer for it. Um, and so the more I started digging, it was kind of like, you know, I really love coaching and training people um, and or consulting with people about their business, and that's really you know, building my real estate business um, has been, there's no, there's no perfect, here's the way to be successful. There's several ways to do it, but there's also lots of wrong ways to do it. And mm-hmm. um, I think that for me, it was really coaching agents around me to be better versions of themselves and be able to produce at a higher level. And a, a lot of that has to do with you know, time blocking and mindset and learning certain things about the business, but really things that can be applied to any business. Mm-hmm. So tell us a bit more about your sort of day to day, how, you know, what, what you do, what sort of, how many people you work with and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I have about, um, I have about 15 people between agents and administrative staff that work with me. Um, a couple of those, you know, Five or six of those are are administrative, um, like director of operations and a listing coordinator that helps me get our, you know, sellers on track and coordinating photos and videos and all those type of things for for getting the listings on the market and for sale. Um, and then I've got uh, six agents that work with me as well. And you know, a, a big piece of my business is reaching out to our past clients and seeing if they need anything and just keeping that relationship going and adding value to it and um, really just being available for them. Um, a mm. lot of, a lot of people, and you know, I, I can't remember what the, the statistic is, but the national association of realtors has got like a, you know, 75 or 80% of um, homeowners would use their agent again, but only about 20, like less than 25% actually use their agent again because they've never, they never heard from them after the day of closing. So, you know, it's really reaching out to our clients and seeing how we can help them or add value or do they need any kind of vendors for their house to fix, you know, contractors, things like that. But the other piece of my business is really managing and coaching and training the team and helping them. That's a piece that I really love doing is, helping them get to a level that they couldn't get to on their own. Yeah. So tell us a bit about how you 
sort of prioritize what you do it, it sort of strikes me that you're in a um a sector where it's not your usual nine to five um presumably and then you've got people to manage as well uh how how do you fit all of, of that in uh i don't know that i always do an amazing job of it but you know it's <laughs> it, it's really part of it is you know people talk about balance all the time and i frankly you know some people are going to disagree with me but i don't really believe in balance uh, i believe uh -huh. in kind of counterbalance and because i don't think there's any perfect balance i mean there's times when I get to spend tons of times with my kids and there's times when I don't get to spend as much time and I have to do work that essentially provides certain things for our family. So, you know, I think when you're saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to another. And um, as far as prioritizing my pieces, I just, my, I'm really dialed into my calendar and everything is on my calendar. So if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't really exist. Um, and I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because my wife doesn't think that's very funny because I've told her it's like if if you want me to be somewhere, it needs to be on my calendar. Yeah. And I just that's what I live by is my my calendar runs tells me where I need to be. And so as far as that goes, you know, not everything is equally important. There's certainly things in all of our lives that that take precedence and are more important than others. I think it's really identifying those things and determining what's productive versus busy. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get caught up in busy work and they never actually move the business forward. Um, and for me, so it's like the most important thing that I can do is, is really coach and train my agents and lead generate, meaning calling our past clients and calling our current clients and things like that. So, a few things to go in there. Um, firstly, I I agree with you about the, the the balance thing. I don't always talk. I don't talk about balance. I talk about um, integration. I think, as you say, there are times when certain things are more important than, than other times. And and I think I've said on the podcast before that my daughter's uh, twelve, and uh, I started a business so that I could work from home so that I could spend uh, more time with her. But uh, you know, as you know, running a business, you end up doing lots more than you intended at ridiculous times yeah. of the day and all that sort of stuff. And and actually I have spent a lot of time, you know, I've done things like I've coached netball at her school and, you know, spent lots of holiday time with her uh, and all that stuff that I wouldn't have been able to do had I had a corporate job. And yet she still tells me that I'm always working and never available. <laughs> and so yeah. I think whatever you do, you don't, you know, you don't get, um, I don't uh, think, you know. get, uh, I mean, kids, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think kids, I think they always see us as working because, you know, I'm in a business where people constantly want something or, and so I think the cool part, and you're right about the integration, it's, I can, I can't fully turn my work off, but I can integrate my, my family life into it. My, my wife does interior design and staging also. So like our businesses are very complimentary and similar mm -hmm. and our kids just sometimes have to go to the warehouse with mom and, you know, check out some of her furniture and get some of her stuff that she has to put in the car or the truck to, to, to move to somebody's house. And there's times when they have to come with me to the office or, you know, they're not really coming on appointments with me to look at houses, but they do look at a lot of houses. And I think it's, 
I think it's ultimately good. They, they, they might decide, wow, I love this or wow, I hate this. And either way, it kind of teaches them about things that they're not learning in school. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the other bit um, to unpick a bit is, is where you talked about people being busy, but not necessarily working on the right things. And I think that is such a, an important um, sort of aspect of, of life and business, because I think we can just fill our whole lives, whether that be personal or, or work with with busy and not necessarily, you know, the right things. How, how do you determine that? Well, I mean, like I, I use, because I'm standing in front of my computer right now, I'll use email as a perfect example. There's people that work in a corporate environment that literally sit in front of their computer all day and you could really get bogged down in emails and look up and go, wow, I just spent four hours cleaning out my inbox and I didn't actually do anything productive. I just cleaned out my inbox. I mean, you know, as much as I'd like to zero out my inbox, it's never going to happen and I've come to terms with it and mm. it's not a good use of my time. I mean, you know, when I'm on my deathbed, I don't think anybody's going to ask whether I had a clean inbox or not. <laughs> oh, that's a shame because I do get down to zero once a day. <laughs> and I think that's amazing that you can do that. My wife can do it also. I just, I've unsubscribed from everything and still cannot get it anywhere even kind of, you know, people look at my phone and see the notifications and get over like anxiety. Um, yes, yes. Well, but, but, but you see, on the other hand, just to just to say, I transfer things to my to-do list, and my to-do list never gets to zero. So all I'm doing is moving right. <laughs> the problem somewhere else. I think. But yeah. sorry, carry on. <laughs> so I think you know when somebody, I, I think people have a hard time deciphering what is busy work because you are doing something but it's, is it really pushing your project forward or your business forward? So, you know, we talk in our leadership meetings with my director of operations. I ask her every morning we meet and, and every Wednesday we meet for an extended period of time. And at the end of the week, she sends me an email as an update on where we are with timelines and certain things. And one of the things in there is what did you do to push the business forward this week? And it's got to be something that's, legitimately not I knocked out some emails or I did this or that what did you do to that we that would that is really pushing the business forward to get more business or to make systems better or something process driven you know and I think mm -hmm. that people really need to be able to decipher what they're in, in in each piece of your business and in your life what is your one thing that would be the most the one thing you could do that makes the most out of the productivity that you have that really pushes the business forward. And how do we help people to do that? Is it about being clear about what the end goal is or is it about being clear yeah. about what activities move things forwards or is it a bit of both? I think it's a bit of both, but I think I think when you get clarity on what your vision is for the, the outcome, you know, whether that's a year from now or a month from now or five years from now, and I think all of those are important to have, but I think you know, you're really looking at going, okay, I want this done in the next 90 days. Here's, you know, really from a clarity perspective, here's exactly what that looks like. And then reverse engineering, how you get to that point, how you break it down in chunks to do a piece of it every day for 15 or 30 minutes um, to, to hit that goal. Mm -hmm. So like when we meet with our, with my admin staff, I tell them what we have going on and, 
I don't necessarily I'll tell them if they need my help um, or my input, I'll tell them what how I think it should be done. But there's plenty of ways to skin a cat. And, you know, I, I don't ask again. I just it's on the calendar. Here's the timeline of when it's going to be done. And I don't want to ask or think about it again until it pops up on my calendar. Mm-hmm. So you talked about your calendar being a really important driver for your activity. How else do you manage getting done what you need to get done? You know, again, I, I know I kind of, I, I said this earlier, but you know, I'm, I'm a big calendar guy and, you know, I set timers and do time blocking on everything. So, you know, if I'm, even if it's reading a book, like, I, I tell Siri all the time or Alexa, wherever, depending on where I am, I just say, hey, set a timer for 15 minutes and then I move yeah. on to the next task. It's it's um, I literally deem a timeline for how long I want to do that for the day. And then I don't think about it again until the next day. So, like, I'm reading a book right now and yeah. I literally will read the book for 15 minutes. And then I put it down on my nightstand. I mean, it's the last thing I do at night is. I do it for 15 minutes, then I fall asleep. So tell me how you do that in time rather than in chunks, as in I have to read a whole chapter or something where I can very clearly delineate between, you know, today and tomorrow. For me, the problem I've always had with timers is the timer goes off and I'm not ready to finish yet. (laughs) Well, and, and you know, the nice part about my timer is I can always add five minutes to it. Yeah, I, I agree with you to an extent. So I might be in the middle of a page and it's like, all right, well, I'm going to finish this page or finish this section and then be done. But I mean, 15 minutes is I might be within a couple pages of it. And so I might finish those couple of pages and then move on. But it gives me it doesn't have to be a perfect science. I mean, it, if I get done with a chapter quicker, I'll keep reading. But then it yeah. kind of like you said, it kind of puts me into part of the next page or, or next chapter. And so you can always kind of play around with it and do, but I think that there's a lot of people that look up kind of like the email thing I was saying earlier, you look up and you go, Oh crap, I just spent 90 minutes playing around and looking at emails and didn't get anything really accomplished. Yeah. Um, And you just lose time. I mean, you just lose Mm -hmm. all. So that's why I put, I time block things and I put calendars Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I like to just put things on the calendar for the end date and I don't want to think about it again. You know, mm-hmm. there's got to be something in there as well. Oh, sorry. Say again. I was going to say, I don't know that it, I mean, again, there's plenty of ways to do it and I don't know that it's the right way. It's just, you know, it, it's what works for me. And I think for everybody, they have to figure out that thing that works mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think people get really, you know, um, analysis paralysis. They're like, well, I read that you should do it this way. And, you know, sometimes your brain doesn't work that way. No, and so absolutely. Play around with it and figure out the way that works for you. It's kind of yeah. like agents tell me all the time, they go, what's the best database or CRM to use? And it's like, well, it's, it's the one that you're going to use. <laughs> and that could be, you know, that could be an index card system or it could be, you know, Salesforce or whatever. I mean, it, it just has to, be easy and it has to work for that particular individual. Yeah, absolutely. I talk about um, everything being about the individual all the time. And, and you know, the time blocking thing is a, a, a great example. It's something that works really well for you. It doesn't work for me. Having said that, 
I do think I time block. I just don't do it with a timer. As in, I was working on something yesterday, and it was it was a technical website thing, and it went a bit wrong, and I couldn't work out how to do it. So I just stopped and went off to do something else, and then I came back to it later. And of course, yeah. it worked perfectly because if you you know get embroiled and keep going on something that's not working, you're not being productive, and you're not really achieving achieving anything. And coming back to it fresh, you quite often knock it off in five minutes. You know and it's made a big difference so i'm not doing it with a timer but i am um you know chopping things into small sections i just don't perhaps have that time thing going on interestingly one well, is as long as you know that that's what you can do and you put it on your reminder list it's mm -hmm. it's sometimes you have to come back to things i mean there's times when i want to get it done right now so it's off my list and and a lot of times that just doesn't work no. Sometimes I have to take a deep breath and wait a day or two and come back to it and go, okay, this was really easy. I was just something that was going on in my brain at the time and I was preoccupied or I had nine other things I was thinking about and it didn't work. Yeah, I come back, yeah. and go, damn, why'd this take me so long? This was so <laughs> easy. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> Let's talk about um, getting other people to do stuff. You've talked about how um, coaching and, and helping other people is a, a key part of, of what you do and something that you enjoy. You've also talked about, um, you know, you've agreed to do this. I'm going to leave you to do it and I'm not going to come back till you've done it type scenario. You know, your expectations of people sound quite high. How do you work with people um to, sufficiently that you know that these things are going to get done because you know they've got that sort of confidence, that knowledge, and and so on. What what? How do you do that? Yeah, I think that takes a. Um, for me, it has taken a long time. Of I think it takes a while of working with someone directly. Um, and when I say that, I mean I think that as you get to know your employees or your coworkers. Um, I think the more you know them personally and professionally, I think the better that you're able to work and they can anticipate what you're wanting or they can kind of be, you know, in a perfect world, you know, my director of operations would be a mind reader, but she's not. Um, <laughs> and but as as she works with me longer, she knows what I'm thinking and she can anticipate certain things and kind of put things into motion before I even start saying it. Um, and sometimes she can't. But the longer we've worked together, the more I've realized, you know, it takes some time and she can, she can start to anticipate those kind of things. But I think the leverage piece, I think, um, I think small business owners and entrepreneurs are the worst as far as delegation goes. And I think that it's because instead of putting systems and processes in place, it's just easier to do it themselves. Mm. And at some point, that's great, but at some point you can't move the business forward if you're involved in every teeny tiny little piece. And to be honest, I realized early on, I'm I'm a great real estate agent. I'm great at at relationships. I'm great at negotiating offers. Um, I am really sucky at paperwork. <laughs> and you know, it's okay. I'm just not a like. It's not that I'm not detailed. I just don't like paperwork. I'm the guy that likes to go out and find deals and, you know, find relationships that I can bring in. I just, I don't necessarily want to service those from the standpoint of paperwork and making sure all the checklist items are done. There's people other than myself that are much better than me at those kind of things. And so mm -hmm. I just, hire, 
I hire to my weakness. Mm. And my weakness is paperwork and that type of stuff. So um, I don't know that that answers the question, but it's, I definitely think business owners and you have to have good people around you that can take those things off your plate so you can go do more. But I think yeah. you have to be willing to know and understand that I don't think my clients care whether I actually do paperwork or not. They actually, if they knew how bad I was at paperwork, they'd actually prefer me not to. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But you know, it's one of those things that it allows me, it frees up a lot of my time from a leverage perspective and it allows me to go bring in more business and do other things rather than sitting behind the desk and doing something that I'm, I'm weak at. Mm-hmm. And as you say, for, for small business owners, it's, it is a big development area to actually let go of staff and, and for people who work on their own to, to outsource. Um, uh, something again, I've talked about on the show before that I, um, I do have some virtual assistants, but it, it in both cases has taken me ages to, to get going with them because it involves, it involves me having to, um, note those processes and and so on to be able to share them in order for them to follow them and and that's the the sticking point quite often isn't it going from the doing it yourself to enabling other people to be able to do it sure yeah delegating and enabling you know the hard part is that most small business owners and or uh, entrepreneurs are absolute control freaks and they (laughs) nobody can do it as good as them which is total bs and you know the that that's the biggest, you know, typically they're in their own way and they're the, they're the reason that their business doesn't grow. And I've been mm-hmm. guilty of it before, but you know, the first time that I ever didn't do a contract and let somebody else do it, I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing because they did it better than me. They did it more efficiently than me and I didn't have to do it. So I was pretty excited and happy about that. And so yeah then if you have the right people around you, you can slowly release all the things that you don't like. You just put on a paper, you go through your day and go, God, I hate doing this. I hate doing this. I hate doing that. And that's how you create a job description for somebody that loves doing those things. Yeah. 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 Really, really good bit of advice there. So let's talk about how you keep yourself well and healthy for, for doing what you do. Obviously you've, you've, you've got a business, you've got a, a, a whole load of people who are, uh, are looking to you to continue with their own work and so on and you've got a family as well and as we said already that there's that uh, challenge of, of trying to keep everything going and we won't say balanced <laughs> um, do you do you prioritize your your wellness I do you know I think and I think that um, you know again it kind of is a counterbalance sometimes there's times when I'm traveling and I just can't eat and work out. I'm not going to say can't I, it makes it a lot more challenging when I'm traveling and, or, you know, if I'm at conferences or whatever it is, but yes, I mean, you know, again, I'm going to go back to the calendar. Like the previous week I put all my workouts on the calendar for the week and I do them at 5.00 AM. Um, and the reason for that is if I don't do them at 5.00 AM, I'm just not going to do them. So, and the other pieces, it also makes me have to go to sleep. Uh, at a good time, so I am not totally tired. And but I do. I you know I I order all my breakfasts and lunches. Um, they're organic, portioned, and it 
it's like, for me, it's one less decision and thought that I have to make on my food. And so it's pretty boring, my food, um, but it's, it's healthy and it's portioned out all with the right amount of protein, fat, carbs, and I don't have to do it. Mm. Yeah, that so, sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah, if you like things. eating the same things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit different, but it's pretty boring, bland. It's not, you know, and really I don't go to a whole lot of, uh, I rarely go to lunches. Um, I do, you know, once every other week or so, but I don't go, I don't like breaking up my day. I like going straight from, you know, breakfast and going all the way through the day and then doing my appointments in the afternoon. Um, mm. so I just have tried to streamline what my day looks like and leverage out things that I don't like to do. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to cook meals. I know I have to eat and for seven or $8 or $9 per meal, I can just bring them to the office and it's, it's a kind of a no brainer. It's again, one less thought I have to make and my workouts. Yeah. As well. I, I don't want to go. Um, you know, I, I used to love working out and going to picking out what I was going to do for the day. And, you know, I've gotten to the point where I don't want to think about those things. I want, I want to pay somebody to tell me exactly what kind of workouts here's what you're doing today. Okay, great. I'm not going to love it, but it's like I literally walk in the gym and they tell me exactly what I'm going to do. So yeah. I don't have to think. Nice. And I think nice. a lot of, you know, I, I probably by default got that from, you know, people like Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg and Gary Keller, you know, they wear the same clothes. It's like just one less thought they have to think about every day. They eat the same food. It's pretty boring, but they're making really big, massive decisions. And, you know, it's one of those things that they just can't, they don't really care about their clothing or mm. what they're mm. as long as it's healthy and it's good and it's easy. And it's all, as you've said already, it's all individual, isn't it? It's, you know, things like, you know, I, I, I generally wear pretty much the same clothes all the time. Not, not necessarily because I don't want to make decisions, but I'm not that interested in, in what I wear. So I just choose the things that look okay, you know, that I can consistently <laughs> wear um, and know they look okay. And that's it. But it does, as you say, help with the fact that I'm not focusing on that. But if I'd been somebody who was really into fashion and how I'd look and everything else, then maybe I would focus on that and something else would go by the wayside. It It, it is very much about knowing yourself, you isn't it? Yeah. I mean, have you ever gone in your closet for like a specific event that you have to go to and you're like, oh my God, like 20 minutes later, you're like, what in the hell have I been doing? And <laughs> you don't know what you're going to wear. You're frustrated. And it's just like, oh my gosh. I mean, I've had to do that. And it's like, I'm not sure exactly what the attire for this event is. Like it yeah. says, you know, uh, smart casual. I can never do smart casual. Yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's something. It's not like formal or or business casual. It's something else. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah. And I get there and I'm like, am I going to look like an idiot or am I going? You know? And so I wasted like thirty or forty five minutes of my time just thinking about what I was going to wear. And it's like I don't want to do that. No. You know, no. Occasionally, it's going to happen. You can't control everything um, by any means. Actually, you can yeah. control very little. Um, but yeah, so. yeah, I've sort of, I've sort of created myself a uniform. I have one dress and one 
like cardigan-y thing that doesn't sound very trendy does it it's not cardigan but anyway a thing like a jackety thing that I wear and I wear that whenever I go training that's what I always wear it <laughs> and I, I convince myself that it's my uniform therefore it's okay <laughs> the people wear, who come on the training more than once probably think has she got no other clothes <laughs> I wear I mean mine doesn't always look the same but it literally is just jeans and a blazer and I used to have you know probably 75 to 100 ties and it was like, which tie am I going to wear? I just, you know what? I don't even like wearing ties, so I'm going to stop wearing ties. And now it's just become like, I've got to be casual. Like there's times that I don't, I, I go into the office and don't even see a client all day. It's like I could wear a pair of Under Armour shorts and Nikes and it wouldn't really matter because the person yeah. on the other end of the phone doesn't know what I'm wearing, so it doesn't really matter. No, no, exactly. Um, I'm not wearing my pajamas today, but it has been known. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it. So tell us about learning and improving yourself. You, I can tell from everything you've said so far that that's something that, that you that you must be doing on a regular basis. What what sort of uh, things do you do? Yeah, I would say um, before I even tell you that, that you know, the, I think the biggest thing that people don't do is put, you know, from a business development or not a, uh, sorry, not business development, personal development. I think there's a lot of people that don't spend near enough time or money or energy on making themselves better, whatever that is. It doesn't have to be business. It could be something personal. It could be, but I, you know, I go to three or four conferences a year. Um, so I go, I try to go to at least a conference every quarter. And then I do some masterminds with, you know, one of the, one of my mentors is Gary Keller who started, Keller Williams International. Um, it's the largest real estate company in the world. And, you know, he sits down with his top 100 agents in the company of almost 200,000 agents once a quarter and just kind of talks for half a day to a day. And, you know, he doesn't have to do that. He's a billionaire and he doesn't really have to do it, but it's really awesome that he does. And I get to meet all those people and learn from him. And, and it's not even about real estate. It's just, business and family and you know just how to be more efficient and better at what we do so yeah i think people should do that um you know i haven't been reading a ton of books lately i'm i've been on more of a podcast kick and I, there's tons of podcasts that i love um ones i've been reading or listening to lately um there's one called business wars that i really like and it kind of compares like netflix to blockbuster it compares um, different music labels to um, which one, you know, like it compares uh, Reebok. It was either Reebok or Adidas versus Nike. Um, and so it's all these businesses that which ones worked and which ones didn't. Walmart versus Kmart, things like that. Um, I really like The Unbeatable Mind. It's another podcast. And then uh, I listen to The One Thing podcast a lot because it, um, they're typically interviewing people who do one thing in their business really like at a really, really high level. Mm. And I'm big on doing one, you know, finding the one or two things in different parts of your business that create the majority of your income or your happiness or gives you the most amount of energy and go all in on those things rather than do 20 or 30 things that you're getting kind of just an okay return on. Yeah. yeah, I think no, if most business owners really broke down and looked at what they do, 
they could probably attribute the majority of their business or income coming from one or two big activities. Yeah. Yeah. Good old yeah. 80 20 rule and all that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, um, what about t- tools and apps? You've, you've talked about um, your calendar. Are there any other apps that, uh, that you use on a regular basis? You know, I, I, I'm, I try to keep it really simple. I've downloaded so many different apps, and I'll be honest, I, I, I use my Google suite um, of items. So I, I'm, I use my calendar. I use Google Drive. I used to use Dropbox, but it's I just moved everything over to my my Google suite. Mm-hmm. And I use kind of everything, Gmail and Google. And yeah. it's just become easy. Um, there's a couple of features here and there that I wish they had. But overall, it's just it's easier to work out of one system like Google uh, and Gmail and the calendar and the drive and all that than it is to go into a bunch of different places and yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've even all my stuff, like my Google, you know, my notes and my, um, it's just easier to do all of it there than it is to go to Evernote and take notes there. And, you know, again, there's some features that I like about Evernote, but I just want all my notes from conferences all in one place rather than having to, you know, pull them all together and, and remember where I put certain things. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. I just try to be like I'm kind of an efficiency. I want it to be as streamlined and easy as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just uh, looking at my list of questions in my Asana account, which uh, is now more streamlined since one of my previous guests talked about how he had everything in one place. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, I'm looking at about three different things at the moment on different screens. <laughs> Why are they not all in one place? <laughs> so, well, and that's the hard part in real estate. I mean, we work out of so many different websites and apps and things. And it's like, God, it would be amazing if they were all, I mean, like when we get a lead, you know, or we get, um, we might be in a CRM or we might be in a dialer and like those don't really integrate. And so a lot of times we have to log in and out of multiple systems or you're like me and you have like 372 tabs open. Mm. So, and <laughs> yeah. that's not, you know, that's not efficient, but it's, you know, you just haven't, it's, it, the industry hasn't, the technology for the industry hasn't caught up with doing all that for whatever no. reason. No, no. So last two questions then. First one is, um, what about those days when it all goes horribly wrong, when, when things don't work out so well? How do you deal with that? Yeah, um, well, First of all, it's going to happen. I don't care what you anticipate or how you set expectations or what you do. It's going to happen. Uh, in real estate, it feels like it happens more often than, than not. And I think part of that is people's schedules and um, you know people's emotions around negotiating offers and things like that. And 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 you know your house is kind of your house is your home and it's a personal thing. And so I feel like there's a lot of times when our days don't go the way I'd love for it to all just magically happen around my calendar. And it just all, you know, but there's times when we have closings that don't work out or somebody gets, you know, just stuff happens. Um, So I think, I think the big piece is being okay with knowing that it's going to happen. And then um, 
just kind of sometimes it's an inconvenience and it's just you got to roll with the punches a little bit and know that you just kind of I, I don't know that there's a good answer for it I think you just I've always just kind of said for me I'll I know it's going to happen and it's not ideal but you just deal with it mm-hmm. I think you take a deep breath and you know really at the end of the day I, I think about what do we really have control over to be honest I mean you don't control your you don't really control anything um, you can't control your heart rate you can't really there's just so many things we think we can control that are kind of out of our control mm-hmm. and I mean yeah I, I know I'm a I'm a probably a good example of being somewhat of a control freak and I'd like to think that I have control over stuff, but there's a lot of stuff we just don't have control over. No, no. As you say, it's that thing about rolling with the punches. It's about it's about being flexible to to what's happening rather than being rigid and, and finding that that then doesn't work because you're at odds with whatever's going on around you. Yeah. And so my calendar over time has become a lot I mean, I grew up in the I grew up on a farm and I grew up in going you know, I, I went to the military and so my calendar used to be super duper rigid um, and it is still rigid in the morning, but in the afternoons, it's, it basically is loose um, mm. because I know things are going to happen. I know I'm going to have appointments that cancel on me. I have, you know, things just happen. People, other life, you know, you're dealing with other people's schedules. And so in our, in our business, it's the norm for it to, to change constantly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what about those days where you feel that you've got the chance or had the chance to live more? And by that, I mean, get to do more of the things that you really want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do or you you have to do. What What's that day look like? Yeah, I think it's I think for me, I always spend 15 or 20 minutes the night before really putting my list together. Kind of I don't really. um I don't call it a to-do list. Um, I kind of call it, what is my success list? What are the things that I have to accomplish tomorrow or this week that would, that I would look back on the week and go, wow, that was a successful week. And so that, that always shifts and it's always different, but I think a to-do list kind of gets you a little bit, the idea of a to-do list gets you into kind of bogging you down. And people, again, a lot of times don't know what they're, priorities are to move the business forward. And so if you just have a to-do list and you're just going down the to-do list instead of marking it from a priority standpoint, A, B, and C, or one, two, three. Um, so I always just kind of have a success list of, of people I want to talk to or clients or things I want to do to move the business forward. And so mm-hmm. it's just kind of like one or two things in my life. Did I work out five times this week or four times this week? Or did I just not get around any workouts this week? So it's different yeah. pieces of my life. It's not just the business piece of it, um, but it's also, you know, it's it's doing the things that sometimes or a lot of times I don't want to do to be able to do the things that I can do in the future. So, like, I think a lot of people get really burned out, and a lot of times people don't realize that success is kind of boring. I mean, I, I and what I mean by that is. I come in and do the same thing every single day and I've been doing it for 13 years. Is it what I want to do every day? Not necessarily, but it, but it gives me the ability to do other things and take vacations when I want. If I want to take my kids out of school, I can. Um, Mm. 
And so a lot of times our, our ideal day isn't, you know, what I do sometimes is not really my ideal day, but it gives me the ability to have my ideal life and create kind of a life by design. So I think you have to be disciplined. You don't have to be disciplined in all pieces of your life. I think you just have to have certain disciplines and be disciplined in certain pieces or certain times of your day. Yeah. Uh, And for me, it's making phone calls and, you know, talking to past clients and finding new business. And it's not particularly what I want to do, but it, again, it gives me the ability to, to create a life by design. Really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think you're the first person who's answered that question in that way. And I think that's, it's interesting. I was, um, somebody sent an email yesterday that I read and it said something about, um, Oh, she helps people with work experience if they want to change jobs. So she, she uh, matches them up with people that she can go and, they can go and sit with or, you know, spend a day with or whatever to find out if that job that they think they want to do is actually, you know, all it's cracked up to be sort of thing. And uh, she was saying she hates the fact that people talk about looking for your passion or, or finding the job that enables you to, 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 to be passionate about it sort of thing. Because she said, you know, it, it sets people up to be so disappointed with a lot of what they do because actually you can't, you know you can be passionate but you you know everything you do isn't the best thing in the world it isn't the most enjoyable thing but there's a reason why you need to do it and I think you've just really articulated that really well well even if you do your even if you have your dream job there there's kind of the 80 20 rule you might love 80 percent of it but there's going to be 20 percent that you don't know about that is crap that you don't want to do and and yeah. that's just sort of I mean you know there's it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete or whatever you do, there's pieces of the business. I mean, I think there's people that go, wow, I'd love to be a celebrity. And I think there's a lot of cool stuff that you see from the surface in that job uh, or that world. And I think there's a lot of downside and crap that they deal with that they probably don't want to deal with, but it's part of being a rock star or a celebrity or a professional. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. your dream job is, there's still going to be stuff you don't want to do. So I think it's figuring out, I think it's figuring out what are the things that you have to do to move the business forward and will doing some of the things that you don't love doing allow you to create your perfect life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Josh. It's been, it's been great interviewing you and um, let, let people know how they can find out more about you and connect with you. Yeah. Um, they can visit my website at joshandersonrealestate.com. Um, that's probably okay. the easiest way, and you can go on the contact form, and it'll come directly to me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Again, you've simplified even that. Most people have got a long list of ways. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that's, that's, that was very clear. <laughs> that's yeah. Brilliant. Lovely. Thank yeah. you. Really appreciate your time today, Josh. Really enjoyed speaking yeah. to you. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a great day. Are you a home-based coach or consultant feeling like you need a bit of help? Our Power to Live More Calm membership is designed to meet you where you're at with the help you need in the moment so you can get unstuck, move forwards and get stuff done. You might think this sounds too good to be true or maybe wondering how it would fit with how you work and run your business. Why not have a no obligation chat with Jo to see how she can help you? All you need to do is go to powertolivemore.com Slash calm call. Use your power to live more.